Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billett. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 57 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? Hope you're having a great week, whatever you're up to. For many of you, you may be midst of the school holiday period, which is always a fun juggle, isn't it? In business, uh, Easter's over and it's just now trying to do that last run into the school term returning again. So if you're doing that juggle, I feel for you. <laughs> so I know it's always a bit of a tough time. Um, we're in quarter two of the year now, which just seems like it's gone phenomenally fast. So um, the year is powering ahead and getting ahead of us potentially. But I hope whatever you're up to, you are having a fabulous day and a great week. And thank you for joining me here on the podcast. It's so great to have you here. If this is the first time you're joining us here on the podcast, welcome. It's always great to have new listeners. And if you enjoy this podcast, I do encourage you to share it with others in business who you think might also enjoy the podcast and get benefit out of what we're sharing here in the podcast. And for those of our regular and returning listeners, I do truly appreciate you joining us each and every week on the podcast as well. So thank you. I do truly appreciate the time that you spend with me here each and every week on the podcast. So what are we going to be chatting about today on the People Powered Business Podcast? Well, today is part two of our three-part series where I'm sharing with you the lessons that I have learned, not every lesson, but the most, I guess, impactful lessons that I have learned in my 15 years in business. So recently, and I shared this in the last episode, I won't go back into too much detail, but recently I celebrated 15 years of being in business. And like most things when you're in business and you're just going through the day and doing all the things, I really didn't stop to um, reflect or celebrate necessarily. Um, But when I did take a moment and think, wow, 15 years, it's its a long time. <laughs> its uh, It's been a, an interesting ride. Uh, you know, like any business journey, it's like a roller coaster. It's ups and downs. There's fabulous months, fabulous years, and there's tougher times as well. And when you first join that journey of entrepreneurship, of jumping into your own business, you don't anticipate all of that, do you? I shared on last week's episode the fact that I quit a very stable and secure job with a multinational company and started the business within a period of seven days, including, you know, company name, company registered, leasing office space, writing an entire policies manual. If only I was that organized today, I tell you. Um, so you think about all the good impact you'd be able to make and all the great things you know you're going to be able to do. And when you first start your business, you're just all the energy is focused on making that happen and you make it happen. But as you grow, there's teething problems. As you face new challenges, um, as and I cannot remember where I first heard this, but new level, new devil, there's always new challenges around the corner that you didn't anticipate, you didn't predict. And I think you're just always learning. And look, I am a real, I love learning. I've shared with you here in the podcast before that I'm not, and I, I used to be embarrassed to say this, but I actually quite am happy to own it now. I'm not an avid reader. It's not how I prefer to consume information. I like to learn through other methods. 
And part of those is just getting in and getting it done. The good old trial and error, um, just taking action, trialing, looking at things, seeing what works, what hasn't. And that's really part of how I've learnt these business lessons that I'm sharing with you here in this three-part series. So really I'm focusing in on the things that are relevant to what we usually discuss here on the podcast, all around unlocking the potential of your team, understanding people, what makes them tick, human psychology, which you know I'm really passionate about, and how to create teams that drive business performance and deliver us success as business owners by however we want to measure that but also give us freedom because I really believe that having a successful small to medium-sized business and having financial and lifestyle freedom should not be mutually exclusive concepts. Yet I know through my own experience and those of others that I've watched that sometimes it does feel that way. Sometimes it feels like your business owns and runs you. Sometimes it feels like your team owns and runs you and your business but that's not how it should be. And these are the lessons that I've learned along the way that really have shone brightest for me that I've really, they've just stuck with me. These are some of these things I've learned 15 years ago and some I've learned more recently because it's a constant journey, right? But these are the things that have really stuck out for me and really stayed with me. And they're the lessons that I now work with other business owners on largely as well. So last week in part one, we looked at lessons in leadership. What I've learned about being a leader, about the great leaders that I've worked with and, you know, lessons that I've learned the hard way around leadership because sometimes you think you've got something all sorted and you're fully skilled up in it and then you get a little curveball and you realize that actually you need to do some more work there. So last week was all about leadership and today I'm talking all about building triumphant, amazing, stellar, winning teams because you can't have a business that gives you that success and that freedom without a team can you you can do it all yourself and you can have the success but what does your freedom look like are you ever able to take a day off god forbid a holiday there's no fun in that unless you truly are a joyous workaholic (laughs) in which case that might be different but for most of us we want a break we want to be able to step away we want our business to deliver that and without a team it simply can't happen So today we're looking at the five lessons that I've learned that really are around building teams. Now, I consider myself pretty good at putting teams together. It's something, I don't want to say that I have a a natural gift for it, but it is something that I've just done quite naturally since being very young. I put together dance troops out of nowhere uh, when I was a very young teenager because the school that I went to was a selective high school. So very academic, very intelligent, not big on the arts. And when I say not big on the arts, to paint the picture for you, when I decided we put together a dance troupe and compete, um, we weren't allowed to use the hall for practice because it wasn't an academic activity and nor was it a school sporting program. But thankfully, the woodwork and metalwork teacher took pity on us and would clear out his workspace, his workroom, (laughs) one lunchtime every week for us to practice. And, and we took that team right through to state level. So I pulled that team together. This was just something I really enjoyed doing. I majored in choreography. So I guess seeing the bigger picture, seeing how people interact and work together. And because of that fascination I have with human psychology, I can walk into a room and read the room. I can really see the dynamic of who's going to work with who, how we're going to pull the best people in to get a, a result. And that's something that I 
just naturally did even when I commenced, you know, real work in the real world, putting teams together was one of the things I was first called upon to do in my very first ever casual office job whilst I was at uni. About two weeks in, I got a tap on the shoulder and said, hey, can you find some other people and build a team to do this project for us? And I did. And I asked some of my friends to join, but not all of my friends, because they weren't going to be great for this team. I could see really clearly what they needed and put the team together and we got the job done and everyone was happy. So it's something that I have always done quite instinctively. I just guess I have an intuition for it, but there's definitely lessons that I've learned along the way that have really helped me to better understand that some of these are absolutely mistakes that I made (laughs) because we all make mistakes. But some of these are things that I didn't necessarily understand intuitively when I was first building teams, but over the years, over watching how teams work, over watching other people build teams, I've understood what I knew intuitively in a much more tactical and and realistic sense. So let's get into these five lessons. The first one is potentially the most important and the one that I see most businesses struggle with every single week in my business. And that is this, you simply can't outrun a bad hire. If you hire the wrong person, there is no two ways about it. There ain't no fixing it. I don't know whether you have uh, ever enjoyed exercise and running as part of your fitness, self-care, weight loss journey, but there's a saying that goes something like you can't outrun a bad diet, which basically means no matter how great your exercise regime is, no matter how consistent you are, no matter how many calories you burn doing all your exercise, If the diet is off, your weight loss journey is problematic. And I've seen that play out personally. I I took up running as a stress relief in my 30s when I was going through a bit of a turbulent personal time. And ultimately, somehow, my now husband and I decided that we would take up long-distance trail races at 40 (laughs) Do I recommend that? No, not necessarily. But we were training long distances. I mean, we were doing, when I say long distances, we were doing half marathon trails. It wasn't ultras doing these 50 and 100 kilometers that I know many people do, including my family. But we took up this trail racing and we were training a lot. Like, you know, when we were in, you know, preparing for a race, we'd be running 60 kilometers a week at least. And I know that for those really super ultra distance guys, that's nothing. But for someone that's not as an experienced runner, that was a lot. And so you get hungry a lot. And so you eat more. And even when you're eating the right food most of the time, you'd think doing that much running, you could have some, you know, cheat meals or cheat days, if you like to call them that, and a little bit of things that you know aren't great for you. I can tell you it's not true. No matter how many calories you're burning, you cannot outrun a bad diet. And it's the exact same with your staff. If you don't hire the right person, there is no fixing it. So I see businesses all the time hire the wrong person and they realize pretty quickly, but because of all the time they've invested in the hiring process, because they don't want it to look bad to the customers that they've got staff turnover, because they don't want the rest of the team to be frustrated about constantly having to train up new people, they persist and they try and do everything to make it work. But if it's the wrong person, there is no making it work. And the longer you persist, the worse the situation is. Because then the more time has been invested in trying to train the wrong person, the more impact they can have on the customers in a negative way. And 
the more money you've lost in the whole process because you've been paying someone that's the wrong person for that period of time. And worse still, what I so often see is businesses that leave it until after that probation period's over, even though they knew by month two or three that this was wrong, they leave it until month 11 or 12 and then say, I really need to do something about this. And then they've got a much harder task on their hands to exit that person from the business. So my lesson is this, you can't outrun a bad hire. And if you realize you've made a hiring mistake or a poor decision, or you've just hired the wrong person, you need to get brave and make the tough decisions and deal with it. And that may mean exiting this person within the probation. Now, I also want to say here that don't mistake poor leadership or a lack of great onboarding and orientation or a lack of effective training and development in the early days, weeks, and months with a new employee as a bad hire. They are two very different things. You not being a great leader or you not having a great onboarding process is very different to a bad hire. So don't mistake one for the other because all you're going to do then is put yourself in a vicious cycle because you're not going to fix your leadership or your onboarding every time you do a new hire if you're not realizing that that's where the problem lies. So lesson number one is there's absolutely nothing you can do to outrun a bad hire and stop trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Stop trying to use all your energy and time and emotional you know, time and energy to make it work when it's simply not going to work because you've made the wrong decision. Accept the fact that it was the wrong decision for whatever reason, unpack how you got there so that you don't make the same mistake again. Deal with it, make the tough decision, get it done, make sure you do it in a compliant way and move forward because your business, your team will be better for it. Okay. Lesson number two, I've actually done an entire podcast episode on this, so I will link it up in the show notes, but it's this. If you don't expect too much from them, you might not be let down. Do those words sound familiar to any of you? To those of you who enjoy a little bit of, uh, I think it was early 90s pop music, you may think that those lyrics do sound familiar because they are in fact lyrics to a song by the Jim Blossoms known as Hey Jealousy. Now, for whatever reason, this has stayed with me as one of my favorite all-time songs. I cannot tell you why because it's not like it's a fabulous piece of um you know, music genius, I don't think. I'm not exactly an expert in that field. But this line of that song shows up for me time and time and time again. If you don't expect too much from me, you might not be let down. And I think there is such a strong lesson here when it comes to our team. If we don't expect too much from our people, we won't feel let down. Now, I'm not talking about shooting low and expecting nothing and setting really low performance standards. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I'm talking about setting realistic expectations about what we expect from our people. The reality is this, and this might be hard to hear, it is not their business. They are not going to think like you. They are not going to act like you. And they are not going to treat this business as their own because it's not. They are an employee. You are the entrepreneur. You are the business owner. You are the leader. Don't expect them to be you. Sometimes we put such high expectations on the people we bring into our business and we expect them to take on the same energy, enthusiasm, commitment, reliability, loyalty to the business that we have. But why should they? They send to send to have no benefit from doing that because it's not 
theirs. Now, look, I fell into this trap several times early on in having my, my consultancy business. And it took, it did, honestly, it took me a little while to realize that the problem wasn't them, the problem was me. My expectations around their, I want to say commitment, but they were all committed. That's not quite the right word, but their level of commitment and their level of passion and their level of, um, you know, thought process in how this business should run, it was, it was just unrealistic. They were professionals in their field and the expectation should have been that they do their best at being professionals in their field, not that they engage in discussions around business planning, business building, how to run a business successfully and all the stress that comes with that. That's not their problem. So I think as leaders, it's really important to get a balance with our team about setting realistic and challenging expectations, but not expectations that are ridiculous. Because all that happens when we do that is that our team are frustrated because they're not meeting expectations. It it leaves them feeling deflated and like they're not achieving. And we're frustrated because they haven't met our lofty, you know, objections that we've, objections, objectives that we have set. So lesson number two is if you don't expect too much from them, you just might not be let down. And that's it's a harder pill to swallow, but I think many a time we need to take a step back and say, right, it's out, it's us. It's out here. It's not them. Lesson number three, this is fundamental to everything in business. Trust is everything. Just because you are the boss, the leader, the owner does not explicitly give you trust. You have to earn trust with your team. And I'm talking here about trust in every dynamic of the business. As you all know, I'm a little bit of a super fan of Simon Sinek. I just think the way he thinks about work and leadership and businesses is revolutionary for the period of time that we're in. And he really has some great knowledge and wisdom to share there. And and he says, and it's probably one of my favorite quotes about teams that, that I've heard from him, a team is not a group of people who work together. It's a group of people who trust each other. You can You can't have an effective team if there's a lack of trust in that team. So I'm talking about trust here amongst the team, equally as amongst between you and the you and your employees and them and you. It goes every which way. If you don't trust them, what happens? You micromanage, you don't give them opportunities, you withhold challenge, and ultimately you end up with a toxic workplace. If they don't trust you, what happens? They're not engaged. They don't go the extra mile, your productivity decreases, and you end up with a toxic workplace. If your team don't trust each other, they don't feel safe at work. This is a fundamental thing. When we're talking about safety, I'm not necessarily, although this is important, talking about physical safety, workplace health and safety. I'm talking about psychological safety. When people feel psychologically safe at work, they will go further. They will risk more. They will put themselves out there. They'll participate at a different level. So this sense of safety can only come when we have trust amongst our team. And it's your responsibility not just to earn the trust from your individual employees as you, but to build a culture in your team that creates trust amongst the team members. Now, there's a million different ways you can do that. And it's, you know, an ongoing thing that you should be working on, but you must create an environment where your team trust each other. They need to be comfortable to talk, to open up, to share concerns, to ask for help, to try something new, to dare a little bit, 
because that's where the magic happens. If they're sitting in their little safe comfort zone, worried about doing anything else, they'll never stretch themselves. They'll never, ever achieve what they're capable of and you won't have the team that you deserve. So trust is truly everything. Lesson four was again one that I struggled to learn, certainly struggled to implement. And again, I've done a whole podcast episode on this and I will share again the link to that in the show notes. And that is that your team needs boundaries and it's your job to uphold them. In the episode that I'm referring to, I interviewed a special guest, Chandra Moran um, from the Transit Lounge, and we had a discussion about around tolerance. Are we tolerating too much? We specifically had this discussion around tolerance in the workplace because what I see time and time again is what ends up happening when we set boundaries and we don't uphold them is this. So we'll set the boundary and we'll we'll give the instruction to the employee. Let's use a really simple one. You start work at 9am. It's very basic, but it'll demonstrate the point. Now, initially the employee arrives at work at 8.45, all is well, they're ready to work at 9. Over time, that changes. They start to arrive a little later and a little later. You're noticing that they're walking in the door at, you know, a few minutes before nine and then making a cup of coffee, chatting to the team, blah, 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 not doing any work until 9.15. And ultimately, they then start to show up to work after nine. It might be two minutes past nine and then five minutes past nine. And at this point, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're resentful, but you don't say anything. Because you think, it's not that big a deal, it'll be fine. Until they start turning up at 9.15 and you blow your gasket, (laughs) you absolutely lose your mind, you're angry, you're frustrated, all that pent-up anger and frustration comes out. Now, what the employee sees is their behavior from one day to the next has changed by a matter of one minute. And they see that you are overreacting to such a tiny change. What you're seeing is that their behavior has changed by half an hour over a period of time and you're reacting to the size of that change. They're seeing your reaction as a total overreaction to the current change, but what you're reacting to is the compound effect of that over time. And it's because you haven't kept your boundaries firm. You've set the boundaries, but you've let them overstep the mark and overstep the mark and overstep the mark until it comes to the point where you've exploded And they think, oh my God, this person's out of control. It's a total overreaction because they don't know what you're reacting to. So it's your job to uphold the boundaries. If you set the boundaries in place, the moment they are overstepped, you need to deal with it. Now, I'm not saying you have to give them a warning or anything serious, but you do want to have a conversation and remind them, hey, we really need you here at nine. Here's why. Always start with why. Here's how it's impacting others. It'd be really great if you could just make sure you're ready and working at your desk by 9am. It can be that simple. I'm not talking about, you know, a really, you know, difficult or awful scenario, but you must set the boundaries and you need to uphold them because when people don't know the rules, they make up their own every single time. So I'll link to that episode in today's show notes. And lesson number five, the final lesson for today is to remember that fundamentally our team only want a few things from us and it's our job to listen to make sure we really know what that is. We know fundamentally that our team want to know what's expected of them, how they're going about expect- against those expectations and what the future holds. But when we really listen to what our team is saying, we can add layers to that that's going to help us to build stronger teams. By understanding what motivates each and every employee on our team and being able to set up structures and rewards and recognition programs that lean into that. 
by watching and observing how teammates are responding to each other, by understanding the different personality types you have in your team, and by making sure you're putting people in situations where they're going to thrive and not feel deflated or nervous or concerned. We've spoken about the dynamics between introverts and extroverts here on the program before. And just simply understanding that at the fundamental level will help you immensely in creating teams that are going to work better together. Because if you want two extroverts to work on a project, that might be fine, but are you going to get the project objective achieved if some of that project requires detailed, quiet, focused work? No, you need an introvert involved to make sure that happens. So even by understanding those fundamental things, you will build better teams that deliver stronger results. So really get to know what they want, understand their personalities and listen. It is such a powerful tool and get them to listen to each other. That will, of course, help build that trust that I referred to earlier. So these are the five lessons that have stayed with me most when it comes to building really triumphant and winning teams. Just to recap, you cannot outrun a bad hire. Don't even try. Deal with it and move on. Lesson number two, if you don't expect too much from them, you might not be let down. Set realistic, challenging, but relevant and realistic expectations. They will thrive and you won't feel let down in the process. Lesson three, trust is everything. It's your responsibility to earn the trust of your team and to foster an environment and a culture where trust is built and maintained at all times amongst each other. Lesson four is your team need boundaries, but it's your job to uphold them. And if you fail to do that, you will end up with problems. And lesson number five is listen to what your people want. They only want a few key things from us. And if you can get that right, you are going to build an amazing, amazing team. How did those lessons sit with you? I'm really curious to know whether you've realized today listening to this, whether maybe some of those lessons apply to you or you've been guilty of some of those things. I'm sharing these because these are things I've learned because I've struggled with them. Not because I got them right first time, every time. Absolutely not. I'm curious to know too whether you have other lessons around building teams that you think are more impactful and important and powerful for you. And if so, please reach out and let me know. I would absolutely love to hear from you. In next week's episode, which is the final part of our three-part series, I'm going to be talking about the other lessons I've learned, which are a little bit separate to leadership and team but around the challenges of the juggle that comes with entrepreneurialism and real everyday, sometimes boring, life. So that'll be coming up next week and I'll share the five lessons that I've learned in the last 15 years that have really impacted me most in that space. In the meantime, though, I would love for it, I would love for you, I should say, to join us over at our free Facebook group, which is HR Support for Australian Businesses. I'm going to pop a note in today's show notes, a link in today's show notes where you can jump on there. But if you go over to Facebook groups and just type in HR Support for Australian Businesses, it will pop right up. And I would love it if you join us there. We've got a great community of business owners, leaders and managers who are, we don't take ourselves too seriously, just a side warning. Um, We like to joke about various things. Um, today's discussion has been about how many unread emails we've got in our inbox. So um, if you want to connect with others that are experiencing the same things, building great teams and all the challenges and struggles and wins that go with that, 
I'd love to see you over there. So please head over and join that group. It's a great space and we'd love to connect with you there. And the link will be in today's show notes. So if you want to grab those show notes, just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 57 and all of the links will be there for you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope you have a fabulous week and I can't wait to speak with you next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. <music>